Uh, welcome to Pro Football Ireland. Happy Friday morning. I think it's about the Friday morning. Michael McQuaid, delighted to be joined by Mark Hogan. Uh, looking ahead as we have free agency coming into play over the next few days. First off, folks, if you're snowed in, you're in good company. I uh, don't know if the scythe is snowed in though, Mark. Not that we're having a Weber podcast, but technically you're very used to this sort of conversation. So. <laughs> if you're listening to this on your way to work, you can check me out on Today FM, giving your, your traffic reports and tell you if the snow has it has come. I've been going on about it on radio all week, saying that the snow will come. So hopefully I'll be proven right after all this time, you know. It's bad up here. So I'm actually glad we're doing this because it, like, it's sitting in a warm room, cup of tea here, and, and we're going to go through. I guess, you know, you've been very gracious and thank you very much, Mark, for, for splitting up teams between us but I, I think the please correct me if I'm wrong here we're going to go through each team and we're just going to have a I guess just a discussion about free agency now what I've done is I have picked a player that I think each team should go after but uh, I mean feel feel free to jump in with any other discussion uh, and we're going to try and limit ourselves to 45 minutes here it's going to be interesting oh, give me a break 45 there's no way there's no way we're doing <laughs> 45 forget about it now uh, you're dead right I now that we did not do crossover between which players we had picked but we each have 16 teams who we've assigned a free agent that is most likely to go to them or that it makes sense if they target um, I threw on the old Super Bowl logo official jacket to because I feel like this is a big oh, yeah. pod because it really does. I think um, it's our first kind of look at every single team into the off season. If they start, you know, ticking these boxes now, it'll um, reflect in who they can draft. Like I know I'm going to mention a few times which teams I just pre- presume are going to use the draft for a quarterback, so they don't need to get up get caught in these sweepstakes at all right now. But if teams go don't go in certain way it's either red flags alarm bells or intrigue i suppose so uh, it's nice to be able to hit all the teams for the first time this offseason let's start off with the cardinals you're taking the cardinals so tell me what do you think is going to happen with free agency in the cardinals not not just next week but just over the next few weeks if the cardinals are there thereabouts for the worst roster in the nfl so it sucks as a fan of the team obviously but like they're losing four fifths of an already poor offensive line, which that obviously sucks. QB, Kyler Murray is obviously injured, so they will probably have to go for someone that is competent that can start games to them this year. After JJ Watt's retirement, they'll also be losing Zach Allen, another or their other complimentary edge rusher who just had a fantastic year, so he's going to demand big money. And then their key special teamers, like punters, kickers, are gone. It's it, it's an awful like I don't know where they're gonna start like they're talking about tanking but at the end of the day like the place the Cardinals are if they were to tank for the next year is it the exact pick that they'd end up in given that two quarterbacks will likely go ahead of them they will get the best player non QB player in this draft so what you're two years in a row I guess it's the new iteration of the Browns then that you're going to get the best defensive player or something along the way so you know they're not going to tank on purpose but they just have such a poor roster but also in those kind of points that I mentioned they'll be losing their two starting cornerbacks to go along with it it's a position that they haven't addressed properly in years in fact I don't really think they've addressed it really really seriously since Patrick Peterson was drafted years ago I mean they got unlucky with Malcolm Butler when they signed him then he retired and um, but yeah they they were just rattling through cornerbacks for years so I think that's where they're going to have to go because they're not building for this year clearly so you 
want a guy with a bit of youth, not for this year, maybe not even for next year, but maybe if you get someone to a, a, to a three-year deal, it'll be beneficial in three years' time. So I was kind of thinking the links that Jonathan Gannon, the Philadelphia, obviously coming over from Philadelphia, has to one of the top names in free agency. That cornerback is Jamal Dean, or sorry, not Jamal Dean, is James Bradbury. But James Bradbury, for me, is too old. We needed to do a separate podcast on those NFL PA grades this, on each team. This could literally be, Mark, this could literally be a two-part podcast. I'm already realizing now as we go into this. It's not. I'm, we're I'm, doing it all in one. So oh, the NFL PA <laughs> grades, obviously, does that impact who which free agencies want to even come to Arizona? Because I was thinking um, when it comes to Bradbury, Gannon, obviously, as a previous coach of his, would he have wanted to come over I don't think they go after him. So my pick is actually Damal Dean, who is not a completely finished product. Carlton Davis was probably the better cornerback in Tampa Bay when he was there. But Jamal Dean is young. I think he's 26 years old. So that's who I think they should target for the Cardinals. Interesting. Uh, obviously, a new dawn in Arizona with Jonathan Gannon. So I, I, I'm intrigued to see how that goes. And I think we've said it on previous podcasts. I think anyone going into that situation, for example, in the same way uh, that, um, excuse me, D'Amico Ryans has in Houston, going into this new situation, needs to be given the, the right amount of resources and, and, uh, and the right amount of time. So I think it's going to be intriguing to see what they don't, you know, not just what they do in free agency, but what they do in the draft. Um, the next alphabetical team and the one that I have is the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Falcons... Um, Cast your mind back, Mark, 12 months ago. You were a little bit younger. You were a little bit wiser. And um, <laughs> and they were they were going after Deshaun Watson. And like it all seemed like, Jesus, like they actually could go for Deshaun Watson. A lot of whispers coming out of Atlanta that the Blank family really wanted to get him. Outside of everything that was going on, bar the whole football sense. It uh, didn't happen, obviously. Uh, Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland and they have a situation with Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, a quarterback. Mariota now released. Uh, I am going to be giving Mariota as my pick in one of these teams, actually, so stay, stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah. there And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come to it. Glad you didn't have the Cardinals in his exercise because that would have had me worried. <laughs> well, the Falcons are projected to have the second most cap space in the league. Um, so I'm just gonna go out there, and I, I know I, I know I've already denied it. Why not? Let, let's let's let, let's uh, put a guy called Lamar Jackson in Atlanta. A guy plays a bit like Michael Vick. It's the opposing conference. Imagine Lamar Jackson with Cal Pitts. Now, there's a bit of a difference there with Lamar and Mark Andrews, but. I, I really think, and I, I know there's a lot of common sense situation and conversations happening at the minute. Oh, well, the Ravens and and, uh, and Lamar will, will be able to make it up and to find a deal and to, to get that sweet spot financially for both teams that'll make sense for them. I, I don't buy it. Uh, I think if the right offer comes in for the right team, Lamar, would, I, I think Lamar goes. And for me, Atlanta could be the perfect opportunity. And if he did go to Atlanta, that division suddenly becomes even more interesting with New Orleans and Derek Carr for a start. So uh, I'm just going, I, I'm starting as I mean to go on because my next one's crazy as well. So I'm saying Lamar Jackson. I, I, I think you could definitely see it happen, but I think the thing that's not concerned me, it certainly hasn't concerned me, it's angered me, is the amount of money that Daniel Jones is getting paid and the discourse online stating all these teams are out on Lamar Jackson. However, Daniel Jones is getting 40-odd million a year and suddenly teams are ruling themselves out within 15 minutes. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I think Lamar Jackson leaves Baltimore. 
this year. Uh, where is the big question? But the Falcons surely are a front runner if he does. It's a good transition into the next thing, the Baltimore Ravens, obviously, Damar. And all my notes, I just wrote down quarterback because it really is how the dominoes fall. Like, Tyler Huntley. Uh, yeah, like there, there is obviously a, a sweet kind of sweepstakes out. There. Like this is kind of the area for how do we talk about Lamar a bit more? Because yeah, I I don't know. I have no idea what the Ravens are doing, and that's why I just have quarterback written down. Because if they get Lamar, the window remains open. If they don't have Lamar, what are they doing? They have defensive pieces, but like the offense is no good basically. So that's as much as it got. Because obviously we've. You, you've just taken all the points and said it correctly whether whatever happens with Lamar happens with Lamar it does seem though that he could get hardballed into staying in Baltimore to treat him a lesson treat, I, I don't understand the lesson this is like we all understand that there's the C word collusion seems to be in play here but it's why is there collusion in play someone texts me saying is this not Jim Mercy's place to step in like he seems to be the one that does th- beats his own drum i would love you know if one owner did break away from this and said screw the rest of you i'll take them because that seems to be how it should go right but um for right now i i have lamar going back to baltimore and you have to presume that because all the teams have reeled themselves out and just to say, like we are recording this on Thursday, the 9th of March. Obviously, a lot of conversations, whispers today about Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets, potentially. So things can change while you're listening to this lovely podcast during the weekend. Time will tell. You have uh, the Ravens. Obviously, I'm just realized you've talked about the Ravens. Obviously, mate. Uh, Bills, I have a question for you, Mark, right? And there could be a lovely prize. At the, there, there's not a prize at the end of this. What one position do the Bills need to improve on? I'd probably say safety now if Jordan Poyer is going to leave. That's a very good point. And there, there are, <laughs> there are, and this is a, this is a whole different conversation with the Bills. The Bills have good guys, like any good team this year, where they do need to prioritize certain positions. But their run game is something that needs a serious upgrade. You know, we've seen when they played the Bengals in the divisional rounds in that weather, like they were completely burnt out. But you know, outside of that, you know, the, the general game one, the game. 18 in terms of the you know bar to bye week every week there was always that conversation of, of the Buffalo Bills and, and the run game and well Josh Allen can rush for 50 60 yards well that, that's not going to cut it every week um so go so I think go, go get Saquon that was my whole situation beforehand go go get Saquon get someone get someone that can come in straight up now they can't get Saquon so go after the highest running back available go after someone, I'm not going to say go after Tony Pollard, but go after someone that can come in day one and make an immediate impact in this team, take a bit of pressure off Josh Allen and relieve that offense in terms of the amount of pressure that they have because they are still in this extremely important window where they can win a Super Bowl. So running back for me, and I and I understand you're saying safety, I think they, got, they have to improve their own game, man, 100%. Yeah, the big names there, Miles Sanders, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, David Montgomery are the running backs or the most highly touted running backs going into the free agency. Next team, staying with the team of running back is the Carolina Panthers, I think, because most of this team isn't out of contract and they don't have a lot of money to spend. So that obviously affects what they can do. But they do have some good players there. Um, When you look at the recent drafts that they've had, it's kind of been like, They've hit a lot of cornerstone positions, which is 
really exciting and it's kind of a sign to their teams that it can be done in 2022 they went with their left tackle uh it came right the left tackle that they have the year before that yeah. they went for the cornerback position with jc horn the year before that they went for a defensive tackle with Derek brown the year before that they went defensive end with brian burns so i think they leave qb to the draft the last of those cornerstone have to have positions actually i forgot the year before they went with um dj moore so talk about a skill position so and these are all first round picks that are turning into starters so i think yeah with the coach there new coaching staff i do think that they have to leave quarterback now they do pick ninth overall but that is a whole other story of what you know could happen so it comes back to the traded cmc this year and what ended up happening there people said that's the end of the carolina panthers as we know them but no what ended up happening was a run game stood up and was very strongly counted dante foreman was the one that really led it trouble hubbard was obviously there too and blackshear behind him so i think in terms of the continuity that this team has from those the likes of those picks that I pointed out, if they're able to keep a running back that is leaving from their own house, Dante Foreman is hitting the free agency market. I think it's imperative that they bring him back. Last yeah. year when CMC was traded in nine starts, he had 203 carries, 914 yards, five touchdowns. Obviously a really good year. The year before that, he filled in in Tennessee for Derrick Henry. In three starts, he had 566 yards, obviously that wasn't just on those three games. It was also as a backup role as an injury replacement for Derrick Henry. So the indication is they'd probably be happy with Chubba Hubbard and Blackshear. But if they don't want to waste a draft pick, I would say go with Dante Foreman because he's the proven commodity. And because they were able to put so much on the shoulders of him and those running backs for the year. And like I said, continuity be massive for this team. That is actually better than we kind of give them credit for. And I'm kind of, you know, my um, I'm paying attention to them in that division if they can get a quarterback. Obviously, there it's this is the best time of the year though because we can look at every team and be like, oh yeah, they have a chance next year to do this, 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 this. Obviously, some teams are like way off, but you can still sit here and be like, yeah, they could do it. And um, I'm really intrigued to see how they start the season. Obviously, the way they ended, I, I, I do think, you know. <laughs> I like Frank Reich there, but I I, I do think that uh, they may, maybe should have stuck with the status quo there, and time will tell if that was the right decision or not. Um, you got Derek Carr coming into the division as well, and obviously Brady out of Tampa Bay. I'm going to look at the Bears. The Bears have the most cap space at the time of recording going into this season, and they also have the number one pick as it stands at the time of recording in the NFL draft. The Bears have got, obviously, Justin Fields, who is... A ridiculous talent as far as I'm concerned and the guy that they shouldn't even entertain trading the way you hear Bryce Young saying during the combine that it's Justin's team and he wouldn't even dream of playing there even as a backup that's the right answer like the Bears will trade down as a matter of when not if and when you've got Ryan Poles talking and expecting to get potentially multiple first rounders over the court or you know one first rounder for 2024 um and potentially one first rounder for for, for this year or 2025 as well it's a substantial um amount for them to get so I, I'm intrigued to see what they get for it I, I can't see them picking up one as a stance um, there is one guy and I have I'm not going to lie um, there are two players I think on this list of 16 for me that I have mentioned twice for certain teams um, I think Mike McGlinchey to the, to, from the Niners to the Bears makes great sense you know at the end of the day he needs help he needs as much help as he can get Never mind on the on the offensive side of the ball, but he needs to be protected as much as he can. So I think if you bring in 
McGlinchey, who's coming into sort of the upper echelons of his professional career, not even 30, it's 28 years of age. He said last week that he's hoping to have a deal in place with a team uh, by by Monday or by, by Tuesday next week. And there seems to be a lot of discourse online stating that that could be the Bears. Um, I think if you can get McGlinchey in and then try and get a wide receiver in, in, in free agency or if you're not going to get a high-end wide receiver, then go after someone in the draft. Um, there are many good options out there in the draft, so it depends on terms of who you want to go on. But I think for the Bears, if you could get McGlinchey and you know build that fortress around fields, you're giving him all the tools that he needs to succeed. And that's something that they were lacking big time two years ago. Lacking a good bit last year, but they are making uh, positive steps. And I have to hold my hand up to the Bears organization. They're they're giving this team as many chances as they can, not just to win, but to develop as well. It's funny you say McGlinchey because, <laughs> well, let's see where I go with this next one. I have the Cincinnati Bengals up next, and they have a deceiving amount of cap space to spend because they haven't signed Joe Burrow to a deal that's very likely going to get done this off season. So yeah, they're obviously need to keep a bit in the bank and um, they're losing Hayden Hurst by the looks of things. So it's tight end somewhere that they want to address. But I think this is, you know, touted. They seem to always say this about the, the tight end draft classes, the, the best one in a decade, but if it is anyway decent, the place the Bengals are picking at it because their team's a hold is quite strong. Maybe they want to hold off and, use that pick on one of the best tight ends that you'd imagine is going to be hanging around there in the twenties. Um, another place that they could go, Jesse Bates is leaving the team to safety after being franchise tag last year. They didn't put the franchise tag on him obviously again. Um, and Von Bell is also leaving, but they did draft Dax Hill last year in the first round to kind of get ahead of this. So I don't expect them to go safety. I would love if they got Jordan Poyer, but Jordan Poyer seems set on getting to somewhere warmer. He's literally said as much like he's obviously leaving Buffalo and it seems that the only reason he wants to play in a dome or warm temperatures. So I don't think that it, Cincinnati has a chance from, from that point of view. It would be great if they could rob him. But what happened with Cincinnati obviously in the playoffs was they were what down three fifths of their starting offensive line. By the time they lost the chiefs in the playoffs and um, coaches say that the team is pretty much in place. John Williams was underwhelming, underwhelming at left tackle. So they're kind of saying, well, would they switch him? And then I was kind of thinking, Oh, would it be worth getting into the kind of Orlando Brown sweepstakes then kind of put Orlando Brown as your left tackle and move, Jonah Williams over but I said no do you know what Law Collins the right tackle did his ACL on Christmas Eve I think it was so that's the whole that's the one starting position on the offensive line that isn't looked after for Cincinnati so I think Mike McGlinchey would be an absolute stud from San Francisco to kind of plug in there you know it is a win now team obviously and offensive line is the bane of fans existence clearly after uh, what happened against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs so yeah that's who I would go with is Mike McGlinchey there so uh, a funny funny segue Mike McGlinchey to Mike McGlinchey Great minds think alike. I, I have got McGlinchey going somewhere else as well. And this, so I do apologize in advance, but it, it speaks a lot of in terms of how he's respected as well in that Niners locker room. Teams want him and he'll make an instant impact from day one. And this actually sort of segues on to the Browns. I had I had this argument with Michaela this week where there's a podcast coming out with me and her next week, I think, where we look at um players in the hot seat. Um and we were talking about certain players in the Browns organization, and I made a very, you know, sort of 
static point saying that I believe Deshaun Watson will have a good year next year. I think he's going to have a full off season. He's going to have the ability to try and play better. And let's be quite clear, Deshaun Watson and the Browns, like Deshaun Watson is going to be sitting at the minute going through high-end, high-end preparation for the season. He'll have um, guys on the roster, friends, whatever, out training, no need for pads day in, day out in this offseason. And it's a huge moment, a huge season for him to try and prove people wrong. Um, on the field, of course, I'm not going to talk about anything off the field. Um, that being said, though, the Browns have got, what, Amari Cooper, uh, David Bell, David Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I-, I think you could look at somebody else in that wide receiver room to try and bring them in. Now, we're talking about different lads on, on, on PFI in regards to wide receivers. You're you're looking at like Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, uh, or more importantly, Ohio State Smith and Jigba in the draft. But I think if you looked at the free agency market, it's not that stacked really. So I look at a guy like Alan Lazard, Mark, that could potentially come in um, and make an impact. He's only 27 years of age, quite limited to six touchdowns last year with the Packers. That's hard to believe over that time period. But gets the right quarterback, gets into the right sort of zone situation. You could see him potentially doing well in Cleveland. I think, you know, if you're trying to make the most out of a guy they're paying 230, 240 million dollars for Alan Lazard makes sense to come into Cleveland. And I think it would be a great outfit. Yeah, do you know, because I don't think there's much value there in the wide receivers. If a wide receiver is any good, they don't get to free agency. So but that's the same thing you could probably say every year. So it's up to one of these teams to, you know, get the best out of one of these guys. And Lazard isn't it for me. But like, you know, that's not to say that, you know, paired with Deshaun Watson, he couldn't be class. And it goes for I can't wait to text you in first night football in like six months' time. But no, like, there yes, you mate. go. He, he works <laughs> out. And that's the thing. See, for me, I think that the wide receivers that are really going to help teams are probably going to be there by trade. Maybe that's um, Alan Robertson. A lot of teams obviously want D-Hop. There's a few teams there that, you know, want to probably trade for but yeah these guys are available as well last year christian kirk wasn't overly rated and then lucky went off so there you go like i won't be excited for any particular team when they get a wide receiver but that doesn't mean that they're no good it's just like you know i need to see a bit more from each of them um speaking of dallas cowboys i think could do with a wide receiver uh they're one of the worst teams money wise going into free agency after obviously the Tony Pollard franchise tag and all the money that's been tied up with Ezekiel Elliott at tight end they're going to be losing Dalton Schultz so then you kind of look oh well CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup have to run back what they did last year and that puts a lot of pressure on um, Brian Schottenheimer the new offensive coordinator there to just like I suppose like make the offense even better with fewer pieces so I think it'd be great if they could get a wide receiver, but I think they're just going to be priced out of it. Um, where you kind of have to look then is that they're losing five starters on offense, but Anthony Barr and Leighton Van Der Esch at linebacker, I think is two important pieces. They can't get into Devontae David. They can't get into Bobby Wagner. Those guys are just too expensive. So I think that they got very lucky with Leighton Van Der Esch last year. Um, he way played his contract. He was a significant piece for them. So losing any of the players hurt but if they can at least keep him i mean like what that, uh, their defense was their calling card a little bit at least so you want to keep some if you can because again they're so cash strapped um and he was so good in it last year 
they couldn't get the deal done. That's obviously why he's fitting free agency. So if another team comes along and outdoes their number, obviously that's him gone. But if they get lucky, he might go under the radar because there is so many, like I said, those couple of names, there is so many linebackers and linebackers seem to be the late first to second wave of the you know, free agency. So, um, yeah, I, I think that this is one of the few teams that I have with, again, bringing their own player back with Leighton Van Der Esch for the Cowboys. Are you ready to turn the stream off? Uh, if I give you my answer for the Broncos, don't freak out. You ready? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, here we go. Um, the Broncos are openly shopping Cortland Sutton at the moment. Now, that would make you think, I mean, like, look, there's not even a conversation to be had about their draft picks. They don't pick, I think there's 40, it's either 47 or 67. I should know this off by heart, but I've done it yesterday. They're waiting a long time to pick a player in the draft. They're waiting to the third round of the draft to pick a player. So it's 67, 67. So there's 67 teams ahead of them making a the pick. Um, there is massive, massive whispers in Colorado uh, that Javante Williams' injury is serious. And that there are serious concerns about not just the injury, but his um his his long term hopes. Like that's not good. Um, and that would make me be concerned in terms of well, if you haven't got Javante Williams, who's going to be your RB one? I don't think there's one there, and I, I I think they need to go after one. Um, Sean Payton's in. Obviously, the number one task for him is to try and fix Russell Wilson. Why can't his number two task not be to try and bring in his own version of Al Kamara, Mark? Go get Tony Pollard. Go get someone. Why not go after Tony Pollard? Why not go after a high end? And if somebody says, well, I've only got 8 million cap space. Yeah, but if you're in a court in Sutton, and if you've got different guys that aren't staying, you've got ways to manage that as well. And you could try and sort of recoup your losses on the cap by trying to re- renegotiate certain players. I think if you're going to try and make a real step at this division, you have to go after a high-end high end running back. And I think for a guy that um, had his first Pro Bowl appearance last year, 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns for the Cowboys, the Cowboys have a lot of question marks that you just explained there now. you know, like we, we, don't, we don't really know what's going to happen after next season with our quarterback situation. It's always win now, win now with McCarthy. That's not going to happen. I think go out and put a marker and, and, and go after someone. And if it's not Tony Pollard, why not go after like Miles Sanders, someone as well? But I, th- I think they have to go after a high-end running back. Do you think I'm crazy? No, you're dead right. I, I, can't, I can't imagine it's Tony Pollard because he he gets two first-round picks back or they have to give up two first-round picks for him. So they, they just can't do it at that at that price. They could they, they could literally sell the farm for like three years. They could, do, I mean, like they're, they're not going to do it, but they could do it potentially. Yeah, no, I, I think Miles Sanders would be a great fit. But yeah, like they had, I've even thinking back to like Monte Ball, who just worked really well for the Broncos. For you. Like when they had a good running back, wasn't everything so much smoother and opens up the offense that they've tried obviously to have good running backs there, like the Melvin Gordon thing, and that just didn't work out. So it's really unfortunate for the for the Broncos. Um We'll we'll keep a, we'll keep her going or unless you you want you want to keep on going about the running backs. We'll go to the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah, Brandon, wrong. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> we'll go to the Detroit Lions too. No one's going to take them for granted anymore. They will compete for the NFC North, especially if um, Aaron Rodgers is gone. I don't know. This is actually a question. Is it an experiment anymore with Jared Goff? He just seems to be the quarterback. No one's talking about you know that they go elsewhere, right? And see, this is the thing. Like, we're giving so many people. Like, like I, I've been giving the Giants a lot of guff this week, saying that. Oh, well, I can't wait to see year two of Dable. 
I can't wait to see next year for the Lions because yeah. they had a hell of a season last season. But can they now take it to the next level? There's so many question marks. I think you have to give Jared Goff that opportunity. I, I, I think he has to be given another year. He played very well. I mean, that, that offense was fun to watch last year, you know, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. And that's the thing. The offense was so good. They they could score as many points as they wanted, though, and the defense could not keep up. I remember, like, the Green Bay game, the defense are going into it. That was the one game that the defense did really show up, and I suppose it did get better as the year went on. It was just that they kept continued to get outscored. In and I mean, that's the that's how you win a game, right? You, you, or lose a game, you get outscored. But in the Lions, are particularly, what they what they're the highest scoring offense or something, they were up around there, and the defense was just being outscored the whole time. So they are at a cap position that they can make multiple signings. So expect anything, a uh, pass rusher I have written down, maybe some of the big name safeties. But for me, I want to go with, this is where I'm putting James Bradbury. He's the best cornerback available in this um, free agency. Or, you know, a lot of the pundits will say that he's the best one available. I'm not sure there's someone else that I would want in particular. He is 30 years old. He did play second fiddle, ironically, to Darius Slay, who obviously once upon a time was from the Detroit Lions. So wouldn't it be funny if his running mate was then in turn made the number one in Detroit, but I think that they do need some help there. Cornerback, they haven't been able to quite nail. Jeff Okuda is getting a bit better now, but if he is allowed to remain in a number two role and you kind of put James Bradbury there, I think that there'll be a lot more respect because they do have to do something about the defense now so that it has, it, it needs to be way more short up this, this season. I agree completely. And you know, going from Detroit to another team in that division, Green Bay, um, Wow, there's question marks around this team now. Like we 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 don't know at, at the time of recording who the quarterback's going to be. Like let's hypothetically say it's Jordan Love. Um, let's hypothetically say it's Aaron Rodgers. They they they, they need to go after a wide receiver, uh, either in free agency. Well, f- frankly, they should be going after one in free agency and maybe draft them one as well. Frankly, I think that would be the best way to go. Now, in terms of the guys available, um, you're looking at potentially a guy that could really. Mark go off a bit like Kirk, like Christian Kirk did last season uh, in 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 Jacksonville. Um, Jacoby Myers, he had a decent year to say the least in a very very poor offense in, in New England. I think if you bring him from New England to to Green Bay, given that sort of new look situation in his career, where you've potentially got Jordan Love there, that could completely, you know, take him to the next level. So I, um, I think you've got him. You, you, you've also actually got Juju, but I don't think bringing in someone like Juju is going to work in Green Bay. I think you know, get Myers in, and um, if he's averaging, you know, if, if he's averaging what like he's, he's he, had, he had six touchdowns last year. That's not great, but if he can get anywhere from like eight to 12 for this team with a young quarterback and Jordan love with potentially bringing in a wide receiver in the draft, for example, bringing in like a Jordan Addison with that raw speed and talent, they can work really well together. So I think, you know, you, you got to go after someone like Myers and, um, and that should be the first priority regardless who is a quarterback. No one our luck when this podcast goes out, the quarterback situation will be rectified in Greenbank. If, 
they are going to go forward with Jordan Love. We'd all be much the better for it if they gave Jordan Love a chance with some receivers. Obviously, that was level at Rodgers for years. He wasn't. He didn't have the receivers um, ever since Devontae Adams, even since uh, Jordan Nelson. Irony. Jordan Nelson. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if they were able to... But, I mean, sure, look, they got him Christian Watson last year and we saw how that was going down. He still wants out of the place. So it'd be great if Jordan Love had some added weapons so it might uh, keep the smugness from Aaron Rodgers away from the door for a bit transitioning from that into our next team, which is the Houston Texans. Um, <laughs> their fortunes have been completely different from Green Bay for years now, but they do have a healthy cap position. They seem to be on, hey, like you said, in the middle of the the, the depths of the offseason, you're able to say there's positive. The positives is that they have a healthy cap position. The positive is they have the number two overall pick and they've three picks in the first 33 picks of the draft uh, thanks to one of the picks that they picked up from the Browns. I think that's the, it's, it's a high enough one anyway. So I do think that they'll be able to address a lot in the draft. Obviously there's no point in me naming big names on the defensive side. They may get one, but I do think again, that's something that they're going to attack during the draft, but what they will struggle in free agency is to convince guys to come over. Now we know the D'Amico Ryan's effect might help some people, but that seems to be, vets that have played with them or were around Houston seem to have massive respect. I don't know, does that extend itself into free agency? But what they might be able to do with a bit of added money is address the position that I think they have to go after when they're going to be getting a young wide receiver, a young quarterback, and that's to help out a wide receiver because they're obviously Brandon Cook seems to want out, but behind him, what do they really have? So I think if they're able to get one name that has not been able to attract the market, even though he's well positioned in certain lists and certain free agency lists is Odell Beckham. He didn't have a market all season. He has been available. You could sign him today because he's been out of the league. I'm pretty sure you can sign him today, right? Because he's been out of the league for so long. So I think if they went after Odell Beckham, it's because Odell Beckham's market clearly isn't there as much as the media, I suppose, is letting on just because he's such a big star. Now that said, that could blow up in my face and he signs with somewhere big. But if he went to Houston, that obviously gives them a chance. It gives us an opportunity to get excited about Houston because we would all pay attention if a player was able to go there. They might have to overpay to make that happen because, you know, he 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 mightn't want to go to a team that isn't a Super Bowl contender. But I kind of look at it like, what other options does he really have? I mean, the other options are Jacoby Myers and Juju. I don't think that they help this team at all. Whereas Odell Beckham, if they're swinging for the fences at least a little bit, that could help them out and it makes them attractive to watch again at the very least. I think that's perfect. I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, mate, with, with Odell. I think by the time we finish recording this podcast, it, it'll be announced. I think that's a perfect move. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as perfect as the hotel prices in Vegas next February at the minute uh, for people that are, want to go to the Super Bowl. Don't Google them. Whatever you do. Who have we got next? Have we got the... So we got the Colts, is it? Yeah. Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts, my friend. Uh, I mean, where do we start here? The GM's on the line. This is it. This is now or never. But we we know regardless of who they bring in here, their their owner, Jim Arcee, is gonna is gonna mess it up by week six and tweet something or close the roof or you know, do do something. Look, funnily enough, though, look, the, the Colts for me, the highest issue for me at the minute is they need a, a right guard heavily. The thing is, though, I, I've identified a couple of guys. That I, I have said Ben Powers here uh, pre- previously with Baltimore for a few years, uh, came out of Oklahoma. 
he's been a great starter for the team over the last year, especially, and he's a, he's a real uh, spot in the team that, that could go into the Colts that, that you can really rely on and it could give more protection. I think if you look at him, and I have mentioned him for a different team as well, but if not just Ben Powers, but Isaac Samulo, I, I've pronounced his name wrong, haven't I? You know, the guy with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, Shane Steichen, you know, like he he knows him. He's he's worked with him before. He was a 10 franc guard last year in PFF. Uh, only gave up one sack the whole year, which is excellent. And if you have a new coaching staff coming in and Shane Steichen is trying to get a team, like, a, like for example, an offense that finished 30th in scoring and 31st in yards per play last year, uh, pressure on almost a quarter of dropbacks, 25%, and 21st in yards before contact in the running game. Getting my notes right here. Isaac Simolo or Ben Powers, or, those are going to be the guys that, that you're that you're going to have to look at. I think looking at any other position before you can get that sorted, it's going to be a waste of time. Get the protection, get get a garden, and um, get to work. There's a lot of work to be done in Indianapolis. Yeah, they could go with any number of positions. I'm not sure exactly what they have in the, the cap number or whatever, but um, who knows what they'll even do when it comes to trading and stuff like that. Yeah, just for the course of this podcast, I was just turning the heat off in my in my room, and I'm not editing that 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 just that lovely. Oh, you're not going to edit that. Me just there. <laughs> no, uh, basically because it's snowing like mad, it's it's uh, it's freezing, so I have like an electric heat. So I, I have like this studio rubbish studio setup behind me. There's like bottles of Bud Light from the Super Bowl like two years ago, and loads of stuff behind it. But basically, there's like this little heater and <laughs> when you when you have it on for half an hour it just it's awful so anyway there's a segue into the next team so obviously the Colts I, I'm really interested to hear what you think the Jags need to do because man like Calvin Ridley going there is I can't wait to watch their offense week one I, I, I think the Jags could be serious contenders next year if they get the right people in so Bring it yeah, on. serious contenders. I mean, they're favored for the division because you know it is wide open. Obviously, they won it this year, um, and they're middle of the pile in spending. They are capitalizing, I guess, on a good free agency last year that kind of all really worked out for them. That never really happens for the Jags, it seems. And the offense, like you said, is getting an injection with Calvin Ridley. You just hope that there's no lull there for him after the year off. Put him in with Kirk, put him in with Ingram, put him in with Etienne. They all had fantastic years. You just hope that it's able to continue to grow because obviously, you know, as um, Trevor Lawrence developed, as Doug Peterson was able to work his magic a bit more. So it all has to go on the defense because if you want to be seen as a legitimate threat, yeah, they need to improve the defense. They were 25th in the league last year in sacks. They had just 35. They need to beat that up. So I looked at one of the best pass rushers available. Now, again, there is that asterisk next to it, like the wide receivers that do great pass rushers make it to free agency. Not really, but if they can go for a diamond in the rough, I've liked Marcus Davenport for the Saints for years. He had a poor 2022. Like, if you look at his raw numbers, he only had a half sack in 15 games, but he had plenty of QB hurries and he had a load of um, pressures as well. So the numbers were there if you look for them, but it's, you know, sacks are the sexy numbers that people like to look at. But ignore that side of things. And the QB hurries, the pressure, it shows that he still was good, that there is a good win rate there. And the body of work over his career is also fantastic. Like, he was if he if he hadn't i think he got franchise tag last year if he, if he was in free agency of 2021 
he'd be a hot commodity. So it's, you know, that whole recency bias kind of works in your favor, works against you. I think that it's a smart move to go for someone like Marcus Davenport. He's only going to be 27 in September. So obviously they can have him around for a while as well. It's not like he's one of these older guys. So I think they can add a few names, but that's a name that I'd be starting with to help out on the, the other side of the ball. Sexy picks, as you said, that's interesting. Love it. Um, Chiefs, sexy my sacks, I think, is what I meant to say. If, if I said sexy sacks, <laughs> hashtag sexy sacks. Um, right, so we're, we're going to do this podcast in two parts. The second part will be out right now. If you're listening to this, we're just going to cut it into 16 teams uh, for the fans, people talking <laughs> about different things. Uh, last one on this part is the Chiefs. Uh, unless you've been living under under some sort of like bubble for the last month, the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the thing that works very well with the Chiefs, Mark, is um, they made some really interesting moves last year and, and worked that team, especially that offense around Patrick Mahomes when Tyreek Hill went. And for them this year, it's almost like they don't have to have like some sort of over-the-top or extravagant spending. They need to find a way to, almost like a puzzle, missing some pieces. They need to try and pick that up and find a couple of pieces that can make the real difference for them. You know, you got Chris Jones that's led the pass rush in Kansas City last season and George Karlaftis was second uh, on the team in overall sacks, had six last season. Frank Clark could be a cap hit for them. Like they may have to get rid of him. Like we, we don't know what's gonna happen. Can he can he come back? Let's see what happens. Um I think you go after Javon Cloudy. I mean, he didn't have a good end to his career uh in Cleveland at all. And he was what he was sent home at one point. Um, so this is a guy that's gonna go into free agency in 2024. So why not go and um you know get someone like Clowney to come in and try and sort of take it to the next level for them. Like he's, he's an excellent run defender. He only had two sacks um, last season, but he had nine the year before. So he's got potential. And if he was in the right situation, he could try and win a ring. Look at what they done with Juju last year, go and get Clowney, I think, and, and, and go after the AFC West again and make a deep push in the playoffs. It's very difficult for Clowney in particular to see his mark because he literally walked away from his team at the end of the season, which was outrageous. He just gave up on the team. He said he was not Something not tells me to... that Andy Reid will be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, can, can he? Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting story to see. Does he click with the team? Does a coach go for him or what? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, Yeah, and, and someone's going to get him, right? And although he he last year, I think it was... um. It took him a long time into free agency to sign somewhere. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because obviously his market is a former first overall pick and freak athlete. But, uh, yeah, we won't go into too deeply into my uh, personal thoughts on it. You know, cloudy. <laughs> okay. Uh, is that this? That's the end of the first part? Yes. Okay. Right. So, we got part two coming up in a second. We're going to look at the Raiders, Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, Patriots, Saints, Giants, Jets, Eagles, Steelers, Niners, Seahawks, Bucks, Titans, and Commanders. Still feels weird saying Commanders. Uh, back on the next part of this podcast, which is coming your way in one moment. <laughs> <laughs> 